Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Oh, we're busy on this Thursday with the next to break a drought. The baseball gods striking with a vengeance. Shade from Aaron, bragging from Brady, and a biblical swarm of mosquitoes. All that and more in the hopper. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. All right, the one place that we begin is with something of an accusation. Because I came across a note yesterday, young Devin sent it to me, that there was a bar in Milwaukee that offered free shots for every free throw that Giannis Antetokounmpo made in Game 6 the other night. Giannis made 17 free throws. <laughs> that means attendees of the Crow Bar and Grill on Tuesday night received 17 free shots, which leads me to ask just one question. Bubba, is that the reason you weren't at work yesterday? Bubba was out yesterday, his traditional Wednesday off. You know, he loves the midweek off days. Uh, but Bubba, I am now, I, I, I feel it is my duty as the leader of this show to find out. Uh, we had been told that you had a, a personal matter to attend to. Is it the reality that you were unable to work yesterday because you consumed 17 shots in a sports bar in Milwaukee watching Giannis make foul shots? Well, let me say this. I'll answer it with three statements. I left the state, it was a long day, and it wasn't a vacation. So, I think the answer is yes. I think we have, that's it, he left the state, Wisconsin is a different state from where he lives in Connecticut. He's just so good at answering questions, It was Well, what you may not realize, he is extremely good at that. Mm. Bubba, you may not know this, but prior to his career in radio, you know, he actually had a job where he would prep um, people who were going to be interrogated. Like, it, th- that was a job they would bring in this firm that Bubba had founded sometime, I think, in the late 50s, in fact. And when someone was going to have to go on the witness stand or something like that and be asked a variety <laughs> of questions, Bubba would work through those. You know that witness prep? He started that. Mm. I mean, the Bubba was the originator of that. So, again, to go over the details, it was a long day. Well, that, that, that game Check. ended at midnight. It wasn't a vacation, no, I mean, that doesn't sound like a vacation. Watching a basketball game? No, it's a bender. I mean, that's not a vacation. That's a drunk, a drunk fest. Um, and so I think, uh, Bubba, are you essentially telling us in, in no cer- uncertain terms that the answer is yes? I mean, I'm not essentially telling you anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Bubba back with us here, and we are delighted to have him. Time now for some Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We just did this on the TV show, and I liked it very much. The Milwaukee Bucks yesterday or not yesterday but now two days ago broke a 50-year championship drought and that should not have come as a huge surprise on some level because these past five years going back to 2016 when LeBron's Cavaliers won their first ever championship there are 10 champions 10 champions in major sports in this country that snapped either long title droughts or won their first ever championship. And we're talking about 
obviously from the Cubs in 106 years and the Eagles who hadn't won in 57 years. And then all these teams that had never won at all. The Cavaliers had never won. The Astros had never won. Uh, who were some of the other ones, Hembo? I forget now. Well, the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Nationals, the Raptors, the Blues, the Capitals, the Eagles, the Astros, the Cubs, and the Cavs. Ten there you different go. teams. That's ten different teams, uh, and many of which had never, to your point, won before at all. And so that was sort of fun to go over that and to start thinking to yourself, which is the next team to break that kind of drought? Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. That, that's the question here. Which will be the next team in sports, any sport, to break that title drought? And in order to try and put a round number on it, we put the number at a minimum of 25 years. Now, we kept this only to football on Get Up this morning because we had just a football crew to answer the questions. But I will open this up to any sport you want. And Hembo, I will start with you. If you had to bet that palatial estate that you just bought for Lizzie and yourself in suburban New Jersey... Mm on one team in any sport to be the next to break a title drought of at least a quarter of a century, who are you betting on? I'm betting on the San Diego Padres. The San Diego Padres are in a tough division out there in the National League West, but they are as talented as any team in baseball. They have my favorite young player in the sport in Fernando Tatis. I think they'll be good for several years. They've been around since 1969 and only won one World Series game in their history. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, is that home of yours paid off or anything? Because when I take it over, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> so you're betting on the Padres to win before the Nets. You're, you, we're basically putting an over-under on, in my opinion, next June on this thing because the Nets have never won an NBA championship. They won an ABA title, if we're even counting that, in 1976. You're telling me you think the Padres are going to win the World Series this year. I think they're amongst the favorites to do, to do so this year. And I told you yesterday, I don't view the Nets is this massive favorite to win the title next year. We see that differently. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to amass a real estate empire. I've just, I've just <laughs> won Hembo's house. Now let me come to Bubba's. Bubba's has that palatial estate in, uh, in Connecticut, suburban Hartford, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where he has lived for quite some time. His uh, address is uh, not listed for a variety of obvious reasons because of uh, his governmental connections. But, but one way or another, Bubba, give me the team that is going to be the next to break a drought of at least 25 years. Well, I think the answer is pretty obvious. Um, you would think it would be the Cowboys. Um, now, I know what he's going to say. I, everyone thinks you're going to say the Cowboys. I know what I mean, you're going to say. The Cowboys are very, very close. But, I mean, they're going to get there. They're going to get there. Can I guess who I think you're going to say? Sure. The New York Metropolitan. That is correct. Not the Nets, but the Mets. He likes and the And they Mets. are going to get there because we got DeGrom. He may be hurt right now, but that's fine. We got Lindor. He may be hurt right now, but that's fine. <laughs> we got Steve Cohen because he's not hurt, and he's the owner. And we're back, and they haven't won since 86. They've been there twice, and uh, they're going to be the team. And, and you just wait. They're, they're gonna, are they going to get Chris Bryant? Is We're going to have Buster on here. Well, let's... I, I feel like Steve's going to make a move. I don't know what it's going to be, but Steve I think is... Steve, Steve's going to make a move. Steve is going to make that move. You and Steve, well, many don't, don't know this, but, but Bubba and Steve Cohen actually have that kind of close personal relationship Bubba for for quite some time actually was Steve's CFO uh when he first started that hedge fund there in Greenwich um Bubba worked as the as the chief financial officer so he has a great deal of and an intimate relationship with Steve Cohen it should be pointed out um who else is in the room that I know today I know Nuno's not there <laughs> is Devin, Devin in there is here, yeah. oh Devin all right give me a pick Devin who is going to be the next team to break a lengthy title drought how about a team has never won it the Buffalo Bills 
Okay, yeah, the Buffalo Bills, depending on how you view this, they, they apply either way. They've never won a Super Bowl or an NFL championship. They won the AFL championship in 64 and 65, but that remains, obviously, it, it satisfies the criteria, and it's an excellent pick. In fact, two of the four analysts I had on Get Up this morning picked them. So look at Devin. He slides into Nuno's chair. All of a sudden, he's giving good takes. And wearing a collar. He dressed up for you know he dressed up for the job he wanted. It's a nice fit, the shirt and the chair. <laughs> I do like it. And then Bubba, who is that seated to your left in Devin's usual seat today? Uh, his name is also Devin. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding? No, you're, you're doing that. Just you only to throw replace it. Devin's with Devin. You're doing that to throw us off. All right, uh, Devin. Uh, <laughs> the, that's right, Dev, Devin 2.0. <laughs> He's not a mock draft. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, who's going to be the next team to break a drought? It's got to. It's got to be Brooklyn, and I think that's a layup. But it, well, you're now be, you're now the yeah. best, Devin. I mean, <laughs> thank you. Oh, trust me, it's not the first time those words have been uttered in this office. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you're. you're, you're I mean, that's the only sensible pick. Like I, I jotted down some possibilities, like the Cleveland Browns. I think if I had to pick an NFL team, it would be between the Browns and the Bills. Mm. Although I think the Chargers have a chance to get good, but maybe not as quickly. The Padres obviously are a good pick. Uh, the Cowboys are obviously a something of a pick because they're the Dallas Cowboys. But the Nets are the favorite to win the NBA championship next year. That doesn't mean they're a lock. Even if I'm going to accept, Hembo, your skepticism that mm-hmm. they are a lock, which I think they are. I would bet my house that they're going to win the championship next year. The only caveat is health, and that applies to every team in every sport. So to me, the Nets are the overwhelming choice. You have to tell me you're going to pick someone to win between now and next June. Well, these teams will all have champions between now and then. The the NBA will be the last to go here. So you could pick a football team. I'd pick the Browns. You could pick a baseball team. You're taking the Padres. I kind of like Hembo's pick of the Mets. Um, you've got, uh, or you could pick a hockey team, or then you get to the Nets. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that feels like by far the safest bet here. It, it feels, yes, they feel the likeliest among this group of teams to win a championship. I, I will give you that. But it, I think we're also dealing with a fairly small window there. If they don't win it next year, there's a really good chance that they don't win it next year because they're one of 30, of course. So I don't see, what, like the Padres are a team that are going to be good for the next five years, for example. So I'm sort of hedging in that sense a little bit. All right, that's fair. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive. So as I mentioned, Buster will join us next. Uh, Is Chris Bryant about to get traded? Will it be to the Mets? Are the Cubs about to dismantle? Who's making these deals? We're creeping up on the deadline. Buster will answer those questions. And then we will offer absolute proof that the baseball gods are the most powerful beings in the universe. That is on the way, and we are just getting started. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? 
It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance and Robert Stanberry, only the third. Will join us live in 30 seconds here on the Goodyear Hotline going around the world of baseball. But we'll spend those 30 seconds with this message from Zip Recruiter. You know, the football season, the offseason, it's wild. Trades, free agent signings, new coaching hires. Teams have to be excited for the coming season. And if you want to hire people you're excited about, team up with Zip Recruiter with matching technology that finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. To try ZipRecruiter for free, just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And with that, once again, it is my pleasure to bring into the conversation the one, the only, Buster Olney. Good morning, Buster Olney. What's going on, Greedy? Well, listen to how enthusiastic Buster is. I'd like to hear the spring in your step. And so a little earlier, we we were talking here, Buster, about with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, breaking this long championship drought. We were speculating which team might be the next in sports to break a long drought. We've seen quite a few different teams do that in the last few years. And uh, Hembo brought up the San Diego Padres, and Bubba brought up his beloved New York Mets, which led me into my first question to you today, Buster. Are the Mets going to get Chris Bryant from the Cubs between now and the trade deadline? I think they'll get Chris Bryant or some comparable player. There are two other guys who probably would present the same skill set if they were to make a deal. Trevor Story, the Colorado Rockies, or Javier Baez, uh, the Cubs. Uh, and in the cases of those two players, you could bring them over. They could fill in at shortstop while Francisco Lindor is out. Uh, and then when Francisco came back, those guys could move. Trevor Story presumably would move to third base. Maybe Javier Baez would move to second base or third base. Positions, he's played a lot in the big leagues. But Bryant would be, uh, would he be preferable? I mean, I, I still have this vision of Chris Bryant as being the player that he was when he was coming up and all the rest of that. Is their best opportunity here to go for it this year and what would be a great chance for them with the Yankees having as up and down a year as they are for the Mets to really make something happen here with their new ownership? Would their best bet be to get Bryant? Well, I, I think that before between now and the trade deadline, they're going to have an opportunity to get one of those guys, whether it's Bryant or whether it's Story or whether it's Baez. And you're right. I mean, Bryant would certainly represent an upgrade. You put him at third base. I don't know if it's the perfect window right at the moment because we don't know what's going on with Jacob DeGrom, right? right? Mm. Uh, the Mets with Jacob DeGrom are a very different team than without Jacob DeGrom, and we need more information about his elbow. But here's the thing. When you have a new owner like Steve Cohn who's come in and been so aggressive and he's on social media and he's, uh, uh, I think, preparing his fan base for the decisions that they're going to make uh, about possibly adding, I don't think there's any question they're going to be aggressive. In their trade talks, their, their uh, preference at this point, their focus has been on adding a starting pitcher 
You know, does that mean a Tyler Anderson? Does that mean a Kyle Gibson? Uh, but one way or the other, I think before the deadline, they're going to have an opportunity to add a big-name position player. And you're right. Brian's right at the forefront of that conversation. Foster with me on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. What, what if any, whispers are you hearing about DeGrom? Well, I mean, here's the reality with his situation. He's broken down repeatedly. Uh, you know, there is the question in baseball, can someone throw as hard as they can every single pitch and stand up? Mm. And I don't know exactly what's going on with uh, his elbow and with repeated arm injuries, but I do know this. I've had Dr. James Andrews and others tell me that if you have Tommy John surgery, generally speaking, the window that you have before you might require another is about seven years. Think of it like tread on a tire. Mm -hmm. Jacob DeGrom's first Tommy John surgery happened in 2010. We're 11 years past that. And so we're seeing repeated elbow issues, and it does make you wonder about what's going on. On the Mets, how important is he? They're seven games over 500 when he pitches. They're a 500 team when anyone else does. Greeny and Buster Olney is with us here. DeGrom is a great illustration. Our man Hembo is all over this, Buster. DeGrom has thrown 185 pitches this season, 100 miles an hour. No other starter has thrown even 30. He's thrown 185. No one else has even thrown 30. So he's a different animal, and maybe it is just too much for the arm. Meanwhile, let's just go bigger picture on the trade deadline, Buster. What, as we approach that day next week, what are we hearing from around the sport? A lot of standoffs, a lot of stare-downs. It's incredible that we're eight days before the deadline, and we really haven't had that much action. The Atlanta Braves added Jock Peterson. They added Stephen Vogt uh, last week. Yeah, the Toronto Blue Jays had a couple of relievers. But besides that, I think we're in this stall right now where you have teams trying to make the decision about whether or not to be buyers or sellers. If you look at the past rhythms of trade deadline, then likely for a lot of teams, Monday will be the day when their front offices, when their ownership say, okay, we're definitely going to be sellers or we're definitely going to be buyers. The Yankees right now are buyers. The B-bombers, as one executive in the organization called them to me, they bought time for this team. You know, they've won four straight games. Uh, the Mets, you know, we've talked about how aggressive they're going to be. I think maybe the best opportunity for a team to separate itself by making a big deal belongs to the Boston Red Sox. You know, they're in first place in the American League East. They do have a couple of clear needs. Uh, they could use some bullpen help, and they could use help at first base. And there's a team that has a solution for both those answers, the Chicago Cubs. Mm. Craig Kimbrell. You know, would be the best uh, player traded before the deadline whenever he gets moved. Anthony Rizzo, going back to the Red Sox organization, the team that drafted him initially, that would be interesting. And it may turn out that the best addition any team makes between now uh, and the deadline would be the return of Chris Sale. Greeny, everything you hear, you know, because the Red Sox slow played his return from Tommy John surgery, gave him plenty of time, is he looks tremendous. Like, it looks like right out of the gate, he could potentially go back to being close to what he was before he got hurt as that dominant lefty. Greeny and Buster Olney is with me here. Some things have been low on our to-do list, but life insurance can no longer be one of them. If you're like me with a wife and kids, you need to protect them. You need Select Quote. Select Quote has been helping families for over 35 years. Get your free quote at SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Meanwhile, Buster, I am told you have a story coming out on ESPN.com about how the rest of Major League Baseball's All-Stars viewed or, um, or, or, or reacted to Shohei Otani. What's that about? 
Greeny, it was so much fun to work on this story because I, you know, did the home run derby on air and I got to, to see firsthand. And then uh, on Tuesday night during the All-Star game, I was in the American League dugout for ESPN radio. And to see the way the other players, other stars reacted to him, they were like the little kids, you know, the way little kids surround them. So to have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. go to our Marley Rivera and ask that, hey, can you introduce me to Shohei? I don't really know him. Hmm. Uh, Peyton Manning. You know, to go into the American League clubhouse uh, before the game, seek out Otani, uh, talk to him about throwing mechanics, the difference between throwing a football and throwing a baseball, getting a picture with him. Everybody wanted a picture with him. He signed about 600 baseballs before the All-Star game start, 10 jerseys for peers, and, and four, pick, uh, four baseball bats. And maybe the coolest thing that I witnessed, Teoscar Hernandez, the All-Star outfielder from the Toronto Blue Jays, grabbed him in the dugout right in front of me during the All-Star game, and you could tell, like, he FaceTimed somebody because uh, Otani was making faces in the phone the way a 10-year-old boy would at a, a class picture. And I talked to Teoscar the other day. He said, yeah, my brothers weren't able to come to the All-Star game. They're down Dominican. They had visa issues. So I wanted to bring the All-Star experience to them. Mm. He grabs Otani, and, and they're doing that. It was just really great how he handled all this, always with a big smile. Yeah, he was the star of all stars at that show in Denver last week. And, and Hembo, jump on here, because you were telling me about the, the difference in the walk-up when he played the pitches and all this stuff like that. Like, he's really making an impact. They did the research. Buster, 28% of the merchandise sold at the All-Star break around the All-Star merchandise was Shohei Otani stuff. One in four items purchased, All-Star game related, was of his. And right now, the Angels are seeing a 4,000-person uh, spike in attendance on days when he pitches against days when he does not. He's making that kind of impact. Yeah, so he, he is. He is the star. You go ahead, Buster. I was going to say, it does remind you of Fernando Mania back in 1981 yeah. when he really established himself with the Dodgers. You know, just going on beyond surface level, uh, you know, this is someone who's just become such so revered within the sport for not only what he's doing and how unique his skill set is, but how he's handling all the attention. All right, Buster, one more thing. You have a second? One more thing I want to do with you here. You oh, have yeah. another minute? Okay, I, I want to tell you yep. a quick story. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. Okay, so um, this is the way this it breaks down. So Christian Yelich is on Pardon My Take, and they ask him about Jacob deGrom, and he's trying to describe Jacob deGrom. And what he says is the average person would go 0 for 1,000 against deGrom. And my response to that is, I think the average person would go 0 for 1,000 against any major league pitcher. I, I don't think that you needed to use DeGrom in that. And the, the, the story I will tell, Buster, for people who have never stood in there against a, a major league pitcher, I will give you the, the, the furthest thing from being exactly that. But in the legendary celebrity softball game that I managed <laughs> – uh, at Yankee Stadium, in which I ultimately intentionally walked Wade Boggs in the last inning to win the game. At one point in the game, I come up to bat, and the battery is legends. They have both celebrities in these games. They had, like, Billy Crystal and Penny Marshall and people like that. But then they have, like, true legends of the game. Paul Molitor was in that game. And anyway, in, in, when I come up to the plate, Buster, the pitcher is Goose Gossage, and the catcher, oh is, and the, the catcher is Gary Carter. <laughs> So, like, someone who can pitch and someone who can catch. So, you know, they're just lobbing. It's a softball game. So they're just lobbing pitches in there. That's all that's going on. But but Mike and Goose Gossage uh, sort of cooked up this scheme to throw me off slash scare me to death. 
So without my expecting it, I'm just standing in there. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm digging in. You know, I'm digging in with my righty stance because I desperately want to get a hit in this spot. And Gossage, he's got to be at this point, he's got to be 60 years old. I, how old is Goose now? This was 2007-ish. So he was already probably in his 50s or I don't know. How old is, was Goose Gossage? Stand by. Yeah, he probably is now in his late 60s. Okay, so, so at that, whatever. He's long removed from his playing career, and he's, he's pitching a softball. But all of a sudden, rather than flip it, he like stands up, gets into a, an, into a pitching motion, and he actually throws a pitch pretty hard. And when I tell you, when I tell you that he was, how old would he have been then? Uh, late 50s, early 60s. He would have been like 60. He's a 60-year-old man p- throwing a softball. And if you had given me the rest of my life... I would not have hit it. I, I would not have hit it for the rest of my life. And the reason that I tell the story, I, I also ran screaming back to my own dugout and refused to come back to the game. But, but that's neither here nor there for the purposes of this discussion. What I'm saying is, Buster, do you think it is enough to say that the average person would go 0 for 1,000 against Jacob deGrom? Because I believe the average person would go 0 for 1,000 against any major league pitcher. Do you agree or disagree? I agree with you completely. Uh, my lasting image of Goose Gossage is beating Ron Say in the head in the 1981 World Series, yes. throwing about 98 miles per hour. I'm guessing that you, the reason why you ran back to the dugout was that you had to relieve yourself mm-hmm. in private rather than in public because mm-hmm. that would have been really scary. Uh, I once uh, was in spring training, and Mike Messina, the Hall of Fame pitcher, was throwing a bullpen session. He goes, hey, you want to step in and, and, uh, and face me? You want to see what it looks like? And I said to him, Mike, by the time I realized I was, uh, you know, was hit in the head by a ball, you guys would have been finished for the day and you would have been on your back nine of golf. That's how long it would have taken me to react to how he was throwing. And he didn't throw as hard as Goose Gossage. I completely agree with you. This is what I'm saying. Goose Gossage, the time I'm facing him, is 60 years old, <laughs> and he's pitching a softball. <laughs> I mean, imagine if he's throwing the, the BB that is a baseball in his prime. So I, I just I think that's actually not giving it enough. for J- Jacob DeGrom, you could face Jacob DeGrom literally. You give me a bat, send him out there, and, and if he was trying – then I don't think I would make contact for the rest of my life. What if you just went yeah, up there and did agreed. not ever swing? Like you just decided I'm not going to ever swing once. Do you think he would walk you one out of a thousand times? No. He would not yeah. walk you one out of a thousand yeah. times? Hell no. Buster, what do you think? Yeah, he would walk you. If, if, that would he be would walk me? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, not on purpose. No, I but get I that. If you would... could get a four-pitch sequence in there, yeah. You're telling me you think that at some point facing Jacob DeGrom, let's say we did it for an entire day. <laughs> if we stood there for an entire day and, and Jacob DeGrom was pitching to me, that at some point he would throw four consecutive balls? Uh, I believe that that might actually happen because that happens during the course of a thousand pitches, four pitches in a row out of the strikes. And I know Hembo's going to back me up on that. No, but not – I get that because he's, you have to pitch carefully around people who might have the potential to hit it. He would just be able to throw the ball right down the middle of the plate a thousand times, and, <laughs> and, he, could, and, and he could throw it – he's usually pitching 100 miles an hour. If he threw it 80 miles an hour, I'd have no chance Buster, of hitting it. Buster, you're right. You don't need four in a row. You Thank need, you. You need four out of seven. You, I think you could if you just went up there and you never at any point tried. No to chance. Swing. No you, chance. You see it all the time. No you know, chance. A, a relief pitcher has to bat in the twelfth inning or something. You see him get walked right. because it just gets away from the pitcher. That will happen. What out of a that, thousand that times? That relief pitcher is a professional baseball player who's standing there with a bat in his hands. I'm me. 
What are you talking about? You would not have to throw that carefully around me. That guy. He, he's not pitching around you, but he still has to pitch to the plate. What I'm saying, you're telling me that Jacob DeGrom could not throw a thousand consecutive strikes with on air if there was no one there. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yes, Buster. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. They do that all the time. They have bullpen sessions. They don't throw perfectly. He's not, uh, he's not perfect every time he throws a pitch. And in fact, there's no doubt going up to the plate you would have the perpetual take sign if you were to face a Jacob I'm getting benched if the bat leaves my shoulder immediately. All right, that's, that, is a, that is well done. Robert Stanberry, only the third. Always so much fun. Stay close by, all right? Next week, big trade deadline. We'll have a lot of conversation. Thank you, Buster. Okay, guys. That's my Take man. care, Greeny. Buster, on the, uh, brought to you by Samsung Galaxy. You won't be able to go back to mediocre after this. Are you ready for this life? Find out at samsung.com slash reserve. All right, that went longer than I expected, but I, I want to get a few other things in here. So let me just let you enjoy a little bit of this. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? You need to hear my buddy Ryan Clark on, on NFL Live yesterday. So Aaron Rodgers you probably are aware, is a minority owner, owns a small part of the Milwaukee Bucks, um, having you know been there in Wisconsin now for whatever it's been the last 16 years. So he's got a little piece of the Bucks, and he's always at the games and cheering and all that. And so when they win the championship the other night, he posts yesterday this tweet in which he offers congratulations to everybody in the organization, naming many people in the front office by first name. And that's important when you hear Ryan Clark. He mentions a lot of people by their first name and specifically mentions the great moves the general manager made. And Aaron is at that place now where everybody immediately wonders, well, is he throwing shade at the Green Bay Packers every bit as much as he is offering congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks? That question was asked to RC on NFL Live yesterday. He said this. The the sun is shining. I needed some shade. And I think Aaron Rodgers for providing it. You know what Aaron Rodgers is doing? Aaron Rodgers is sitting at the table with his significant other being like, man, Giannis sure looks happy with those trophies, huh? Did you see that Drew Holiday they got for Giannis? What about the P.J. Tucker that they got from Houston? He looks really happy when he's ordering that 50-piece nuggets. Absolutely, he's throwing shade. And to call people out by name, you know what name he didn't say? Brian, as in GM Brian Gunikis. You should look at what they do for their star, Brian, because clearly you ain't doing the right things, Brian, to keep me there. And that's why I don't want your little funky contract because it's about my feelings, Brian. I don't have no logic. I don't have no rationale. I'm rich. My fiance rich, and I'm finna be out of here, Brian, and go get your 50-piece nuggets. So that's RC. How many Bryans did he drop? I counted five Bryans. That was five aggressive Bryans <laughs> yesterday, uh, if you were keeping track at home. All right, that was just worth hearing. All right, coming up next. Hembo and I are in our meeting this morning. He and I meet every day. And I told him, I know everything about football history. He does this sneaky Hembo feature on Get Up, I hope you've seen it, in which he asks all these trivia questions of all these people. And I said, I know all the answers to these questions. So he promises he's got an answer. He's got a question that I will not be able to answer. Let's do it. Hembo, what is today's trivia question that you're telling me I will not get? There are six NFL franchises, six active, six current NFL franchises that have never won a championship in their history. And I'm going to need you to name for me all six of them. And to be clear, this goes back before the Super Bowl. So this includes 
AFL, AFL championship. Mm-hmm. So that takes out the Buffalo Bills. It takes out the Chargers. It takes out the now Tennessee Titans, who were the Houston Oilers. You're talking about any championship. Any championship that a current franchise has won counts for this. AAFC, the original. We're going back to 1920 here. You're going to have to name for me the six NFL franchises that have never won any championship of any kind in their history. Three words. Peace of cake. I'll be back with those answers right after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. All right, I'm Greeny, and Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only 299 bucks. No contract, all on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Now, for those of you who don't know my friend Hembo, you, you should know that he takes these trivia questions very seriously. <laughs> I do. Like, like when, <laughs> when people get them wrong on our show on TV in the mornings, you are delighted. I fist pump. And when they get them right, that's not just for show. Like, you might do that just because you know, you're performing for the TV cameras, but you really do care. You and Graziano oh. are locked in a, in a battle. <laughs> When I when we did the show for like a year during the pandemic, I was at home and I did the same thing at home. I fist pumped when he got it wrong, and when Dan Graziano got it right, I'd be throwing stuff across the room, and my wife is not too happy about but that. But this is what is is so difficult for you because I know all, I know all, particularly when it comes to football. When you were bragging to me, you had a trivia question today you thought I would not be able to get. Let's hear it again for those just joining us. Greeny, there are six current, six active NFL franchises that in the entire history of those franchises, they have never won a championship. So we're going back past the Super Bowl here, 100 years of NFL history. There are six franchises in the NFL that have never won a championship, and you get six uh, bites at the apple. Okay, I will give them to you in order, which is to say... Your first thought is you start thinking about expansion franchises, teams that just came into being. So the first is the Houston Texans. That's right. Who came into being, I don't know, 20 years ago or something like that, and they've never won a championship. Then you go back to two teams that came into the league in the same year, the Jaguars and the Panthers. Both right. of them were uh, were brought into the league in the, like the late 90s, I want to say it was. They both played 26 seasons without yeah. a title. They both made the NFC cha- the, their respective championship games in their second seasons. The Jaguars have never made the Super Bowl. The Panthers have been in it twice, once with Jake Delhomme, once with Cam Newton in a game they were favored to win but lost. So that's three. Next, in my childhood, the NFL added two teams in the late 70s at, in the same year. One was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the other was the Seattle Seahawks. Um, a little known fact, well, not little known, but you may not know that they were in the opposite conferences when they first came in. The hmm. Buccaneers played in the AFC and the Seahawks played in the NFC. Either way, Tampa obviously has won the Super Bowl twice, including this year, but the Seahawks never have, so they're number four. How am I doing? The Seahawks, no, I got that wrong. You got oh, that wrong. Yes, you did. Oh, 
We about. have ourselves a ball game. Oh, I'm so mad. Well, okay, well, that just ruined all of my fun. All right, I can give you two more. The Falcons have never won a championship. They came into being sometime in the early 70s. They played 55 seasons without a title. They had a huge lead in the Super Bowl, obviously, against Brady and lost. And then the Vikings have never won a championship, and they... A lot of people think that they were like an, an, an original franchise. They came into being in the early 60s, I want to say. They played 60 seasons without a championship. Right, so wait a minute. So I'm missing one. You're oh, missing one. I'm so you are missing annoyed. One. I had written down Seattle without even thinking about it. <laughs> That, oh. that was their only. That, that was their only championship. The oh, Super Bowl. I'm so mad at myself for getting that wrong. You are so arrogant this morning too. This this brings me great joy. Great joy. I don't like the way you're wallowing in this. I, I, I mean, I've already lost the challenge. So I've got Brandon's trying to mouth the name to me. Who's, who is it? The, oh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals? The Cincinnati Bengals are correct. They've oh, played 53 seasons without winning a championship. Oh, my God. All right. Well, that, only, <laughs> that is just horrific. I'm so disappointed right now. And, and it only makes worse where I'm going to next. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Uh, we have a biblical swarm of mosquitoes on Cape Cod. I just think you need to know that. Someone found this story. I think it was Devin and sent it into the group here. And it is being described in the town of Wellfleet. I don't know the Cape Cod area particularly well. I, I, I think I was there once. I haven't spent any time there. So I don't know much about Cape Cod. But I do know that right now, an outbreak of mosquitoes in Wellfleet, which was brought on by saltwater inundation due to a dune overwash. Basically, the dune, Mother Nature breached a dune, and it became a ripe ground for breeding. And a 41-year-old woman who lives there named Jody said, it's a horror movie. This is the worst I've ever seen. She described the swarm as biblical in size. They went out there to try and trap them, and they trapped over 2,000 mosquitoes in a single trap in one night. So I don't really have anything to add except to say that sounds like the worst thing I can ever imagine in my entire life. Let me say this. Yeah. I would much rather interact with a shark than 2,000 mosquitoes. No question. Well, see, now you've gone too far. That's ridiculous. You would not. Bubba, would you rather interact with 2,000 mosquitoes or a shark? I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yes. What? what? Right. Yeah, you can I step sh- on the mosquitoes. Yeah, I'll take the mosquitoes <laughs> instead of a shark. No, no, no. The data backs me up for sure. I would much, much rather take my chances against one shark. What data are you what talking what about? What data? You, know how many people, you can't just say that. Well, I know for sure that I'm almost certainly not going to die from the, from the shark because only 10 people every year do. You know how many people every year die from mosquito bites? A million people. Well, but uh, because a million people interact with mosquitoes every year, yeah, and how many people, people interact, interact with sharks? The percentage. You got to look at the percentage. Now we're doing per capita stuff. Yes, of course we. That's are. That's the whole point. You Hap- just said you'd survive it. Yeah, I would- I'll get, get you some calamine <laughs> lotion, and 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 you can stop itching. While in the meantime, I got my leg bitten off by a shark. I'm all <laughs> messed up now. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.